Good morning, everybody. Um, hope you bear with me here a little bit. I uh, neglected to print out my notes, so I'll be reading off of my phone. Apologize for that. But um, in any case, I'm feeling really honored to be worshiping here with you all today. And um, just a little bit about myself before I get into my reflection. I'm a master's student at Harvard Divinity School. And after I graduate, I'm interested in hospital chaplaincy, specifically end-of-life care or geriatric care. And I was raised outside of a faith tradition because my parents wanted their children to find religion for ourselves. And it wasn't until last year at the Divinity School that I discovered the Unitarian Universalist Student Organization. And it was the first time in my life where I found a faith community in which I was not only welcomed but honored as a queer, agnostic, and disabled individual. So I was, wanted to learn more about this faith tradition so I sought out a field education opportunity with the Divinity School that would allow me to, to do that. So I'm really grateful to have ended up at the uh, service committee working on the CAPAS project. And for those of you that aren't familiar with CAPAS, it stands for Congregational Accompaniment Project for Asylum Seekers. And we work with UU congregations around the country to help sponsor asylum seekers on their journeys, or company rather, than sponsor. And the Reverend Laura Randall, who gave us that beautiful story before, we'll be, and we'll be hearing from in a little bit, serves as my supervisor in my role. And we engage in weekly theological reflections. And through that, she's sort of been guiding me through what I feel like is becoming a significant spiritual transformation. And I wanted to share a little bit of that with you all this morning. So I went into campus believing that I was equipped to help somebody that I didn't have enough context to understand the amount of resources and work that need to go into supporting someone, especially through a system that is designed to work against them. Asylum support requires an entire community, time, hard work, and collaboration, not just one person that's trying, trying to help. I realized that I really didn't know how to help and that I'm responsible for educating myself about the process and how specifically I can and am able to participate in it. I've learned that my work towards self-improvement must go beyond this realization and take me to a new land that I like to call the land of action because I've learned that knowing these things is simply not enough. I've learned through this work that the journey towards self-improvement must be an ongoing process because there is no end goal in being better. I am disabled, but this does not mean that I will never do or say ableist things. I am queer, but this does not mean that I will never make a fellow queer person feel unwelcome, unsafe, or unheard. I am a woman, but this does not mean that I will never make another woman feel small. And even though I would like to think that I treat everybody equally, as a white person I know that I have ingrained racial biases, and it's my responsibility to learn to check these prejudices as they come up and address them. So I'm here before you today to invite you all to join me in this quest for continual self-questioning and self-transformation and to be able to welcome new learning as it comes. It was just the other day one of my classmates taught me that sometimes it's the journey itself that is the destination. Thank you.
Good morning, friends. So good to be with you. I want to thank Chris for your collegiality and support. Jim and Sam for being such amazing volunteers for UUSC and to express our gratitude to all of the 53 UUSC members who call First Church Belmont home. For those of you who are not yet UUSC members, I hope you will consider becoming one today. UUSC is an independent, non-sectarian human rights organization whose work is made possible by the support of our members. A gift of any amount makes you a member and puts you in community with thousands of other Unitarian Universalists, as well as our grassroots partners around the world who are leading justice movements in their local community. Our grassroots partners come from over 20 countries. We work with First Nations and Indigenous peoples confronting climate change in Alaska, Louisiana, and the Pacific. We support the people of Haiti as they fight for liberation and self-determination. We partner with ethnic and religious minority groups facing atrocity crimes and resisting the military coup in Burma. We work with organizations in Eastern Europe serving those fleeing Ukraine, particularly those with least access to aid, such as the LGBTQI community and the disabled community. We partner with organizations in Central America and along the U.S.-Mexico border, supporting people fleeing violence and corruption in their home countries. I could go on and on. We use the words partner and partnership a great deal at UUSC because our grassroots partners, small groups of leaders and visionaries who are directly impacted by oppression and human rights violations, are at the center of our work because we believe that communities bearing the brunt of climate force displacement, criminalization, and humanitarian crisis are also the communities that hold the solutions. This belief is at the core of everything we do at UUSC. This belief in the inherent worth and power of every person. This is why we engage in partnerships, not transactions. We are not benefactors. Our partners are not the beneficiaries of our charitable largesse. We are in the movement for liberation together, not outside of it. The Reverend Dr. Sophia Betancourt, UUSC's resident scholar and special advisor on justice and equity, and UUA uh, presidential candidate, so remember to vote in June, recently wrote of UUSC that it is so rare in the world of justice making to allow the voices of those who know best to emphasize the wholeness and value of their communities, rather than being turned into an inspiration story to convince us to contribute. It is rare that we remind one another of our humanity in the work for human rights. I believe that this investment in communities outside of our own is how we know ourselves to be human, holy, and whole. It is not about charity, and it is not remotely about knowing the best way forward ourselves. It is instead about trusting in our beloved's own knowing and experiencing gratitude and praise that we are invited to be part of the solution. I knew this on some level when I came to work at UUSC. I love the values that form the foundation of this way of doing justice work. 
And I saw it in practice on a daily basis, witnessing the empathy, resourcefulness, and humility of our UUSC staff, folks truly committed to the journey, as Kristen spoke about. But I don't think I really understood the depth and power of our partnerships until June 2020, when George Floyd was murdered. And in the days that followed, our office received an outpouring of sympathy and messages of solidarity from our international partners because they knew what I was still learning, what I am still learning. Our struggles for justice are all connected. They may look different on the surface. They may involve different cultural assumptions and a different cast of geopolitical players, but the core issues the core pain and the core desire to live free from violence and oppression are the same. Militarized violence in a refugee crisis in Ukraine and in Burma are connected. Anti-immigrant rhetoric and the rise of fascism in Hungary and in the United States are connected. Indigenous people losing their homes due to the effects of climate change in the South Pacific, Louisiana, and Alaska are connected. This is why global solidarity is so important, especially now. We need to be able to see the threads of connection no matter where we are located and what justice work we are furthering. Zolt Zekeresh legal coordinator for the Hungarian Helsinki Committee's refugee program, has been working with UUSC since we began our partnership with the Hungarian Helsinki Committee in 2015 in response to the Syrian refugee crisis. And Zoltz is now working to serve the influx of people fleeing into Hungary from Ukraine. He spoke to me recently about what UUSC's solidarity and support means for them. For us, said Zoltz, especially in a time when the Hungarian government was moving not only to curtail the rights of asylum seekers and migrants, but also to intimidate those who help them through the introduction of Lex NGO in 2017 and through the use of oppressive, hate-mongering and fear-mongering language by government officials. We were in dire need of assistance and help in terms of publicity, moral support, and financial support for the activities that carry out the protection of asylum seekers and the general rule of law in Hungary. It was very uplifting for us that our partners, including UUSC, did not abandon us in this fight. And the response that we got from UUSC was that despite the government's clear efforts to shut us down, you will stand behind us and keep supporting the important work that we do. Ineza Umahosa Grace, co-founder of the Loss and Damage Youth Coalition, lives in Rwanda. She was recently at COP27 in Egypt with some of our UUSC colleagues, ensuring that the voices of those most impacted by the climate crisis are being heard by world governments. I'm going to give you a few acronyms because the UN loves acronyms as much as Unitarian Universalists do. COP stands for Conference of the Parties and is the decision-making body responsible for monitoring and reviewing the implementation of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. UUSC was the first funder of the Loss and Damage Youth Coalition, an organization of youth from the Global North and Global South 
who joined together to drive action, demand justice, and address loss and damage brought on by climate change. Of UUSC's solidarity and support, Ineza said, you were our first donor, and having you allowed us to be able to catalyze other funding because you know how the system works. Once you have one funder, you're able to get the next one and the next one, which is really incredible. So UUSC was the first philanthropy to take the risk because we were a bunch of young people working all night, we didn't have an office, telling you that we need a couple thousand dollars and you just trusted that we know what we want and how we want to do it. That was a big step because when UUSC trusted us, we were able to do what we wanted to do and then set a baseline to still be able to do what we want to do. In collaboration with UUSC's communications team, Ineza was able to get an article about the demands of youth at COP27 published in Common Dreams. In the article, Ineza writes, in 2020, when the world was facing a global pandemic, it became too evident that developing countries were still facing devastating climate impacts. We come together as youth leaders from the global south and north to demand loss and damage resources and resolute action to address loss and damage, especially in frontline communities. Dedicated financing for loss and damage programming is a strong step towards global solidarity. Now that countries like Scotland and Denmark have spoken up, we are seeing clear steps towards our shared goal of resourcing an issue in dire need of attention. The decision to create a loss and damage fund, which was seen as a litmus test of COP27 success by developing countries and NGOs, was a hard-fought win reflecting the brilliant and challenging work of many of UUSC's partners, including Ineza and the Loss and Damage Youth Coalition. Replenishing the fund and holding developed countries accountable to the commitment will be the next big challenge, and both UUSC and its partners are invested in the equitable development and distribution of this fund. Friends, it's so important to remember that the biggest challenge we face is not one leader or one party or one issue that fails to recognize the human rights of some people. The biggest challenge we face is that the systems by which we organize our shared lives politically, economically, and socially have been designed in no small part to keep us disconnected, to ensure that we forget our kinship, that we all have worth, that we all belong, and that we only thrive when we thrive together. As political theorist Brian Stout wrote in his blog, Building Belonging, all domination systems, white supremacy, patriarchy, colonialism, extractive capitalism, etc., depend on three things to maintain power. Disconnecting us from ourselves and our bodies, disconnecting us from each other, and from community, and disconnecting us from the land and from other living beings. This sense of alienation perpetuates our sense of powerlessness. It robs us of our agency by telling us that our actions don't matter. It robs us of our agency by telling us that our actions don't matter. But our faith tells us otherwise. 
Unitarian Universalism tells us that connection and interdependence are real and our actions do matter. So many of the systems that order our lives are powered by racism, patriarchy, and extractive capitalism. Our faith calls us to justice grounded in the inherent worth and dignity of life itself. We must find ways, large and small, to reject those systems and create new ones. I'm so grateful that we have the opportunity to do just this through UUSC's mission and through the work of our remarkable partners around the world who are creating justice and advancing human rights. Again, speaking on the mission of UUSC and of solidarity with our global partners, Reverend Dr. Betancourt says, I believe our humanity is in the, grounded in the goodness of what can be in this life. That it grows in response to the simple belief that together we can contribute to the well-being of all. The tides of violence and uncertainty, illness and strife continually offer us the lie that we live separate from one another and in a constant state of competition. That there will never be enough, that we can never be enough, that it's not even worth trying. Our organizers and activists, may they be forever blessed, work tirelessly to remind us that our greatest power manifests through our connections to each other and the disruptions of patterns that seek to discourage us from the belief in our own wholeness. We can find hope in UUSC's partners, communities deeply impacted by injustice, facing seemingly insurmountable odds against them who still devote themselves to connections that heal because they know that nothing else will lead us to a world where all enjoy basic human rights. Global solidarity matters. Our gratitude and our grief matter, and they are connected. And it is through our connections that healing and liberation for all people can be found. I want to thank you, First Church Belmont, faithful justice lovers, for being part of UUSC's work. We are an extension of your love in the world. UUSC was founded 80 years ago when a small group of Unitarians traveled to Prague to get as many Jews and political dissidents to safety as possible as the Nazis continued their march across Europe. Many of those very first leaders of UUSC came out of this very congregation. The story of First Church and the story of UUSC are intertwined. Then and now, when a community calls out for justice, UUSC is part of the answer you give the world. Continuing this practice of gratitude, I want to share with you a powerful blessing created by poet, activist, and teacher, Adrian Marie Brown. Brown encourages us to say these words upon meeting a stranger, comrade, or friend working for social justice and liberation. So I'm going to ask you to take a breath that feels comfortable for you and soften your gaze or close your eyes. I invite you to imagine one of UUSC's partners, perhaps a Neza or Schultz. Imagine saying these words to them 
and imagine them too saying them back to you. You are a miracle walking. I greet you with wonder. In a world which seeks to own your joy and your imagination, you have chosen to be free every day as a practice. I can never know the struggles you went through to get here, but I know that you've swum upstream and at times it has been lonely. I want you to know I honor the choices you made in solitude. I honor the work you've done to belong, and I honor the commitment to that which is larger than yourself. I honor your journey to love the particular container of life that is you. You are enough. Your work is enough. You are needed. Your work is sacred. You are here, and I am grateful. Thank you, friends. Amen, and blessed be.